Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is Episode 3 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our topic for today is a review of the latest FCPA undercover sting, the Baptiste case. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Our podcast is sponsored by my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group, and is a companion to our blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Today we're going to review the recent arrest of Joseph Baptiste for FCPA violations as part of an undercover operation focusing on corruption in Haiti. FCPA sting operations are relatively rare. An infamous FCPA sting operation involving Africa and called the Shot Show Sting Cases resulted in charges for 22 defendants, but it concluded unsuccessfully in 2012 after a series of acquittals and hung juries caused the DOJ to dismiss the remaining indictments. The Baptiste case reveals several interesting aspects of FCPA enforcement and current trends. First, this is the first case where I've seen evidence collected by a Title III wiretap. I've always known the FCPA prosecutors were looking for such a case, and the Haiti investigation is the first where I've seen evidence. Second, The FBI appears to be conducting a major investigation into U.S. persons and companies engaged in bribery and corruption in Haiti. The arrest warrant affidavit for Mr. Baptiste and the timing and events suggest that the FBI has a very large ongoing investigation. Third, as I will explain, Baptiste and his co-conspirators use common techniques to evade U.S. investigators that only reinforce the importance of certain anti-corruption compliance controls, invoice controls, and review and risks associated with charitable giving and organizations are two of the most significant. Fourth, and one of the more interesting aspects of the case is that the FBI approached Baptiste in late 2016. During the investigation, he agreed to plead guilty and cooperate, but he got cold feet. As a consequence, statements he made in the written paperwork of his plea agreement are going to be used against him at trial. But what caused him to get cold feet? Why did he stop cooperating? And why is he now uh, pursuing a trial? Finally and interestingly, Baptiste secured alleged bribes to pay the Haitian government official, but in the end, he used the money for himself. In other words, he swindled the FBI out of the money. This may be a clue as to why he got cold feet. Maybe his lawyers have advised him that they think they can beat the case at trial. I'm not so sure this is a good decision, especially if they have significant wiretap evidence against him. So let's turn to the facts of the case and take a deeper dive. Joseph Baptiste is a U.S. citizen, dentist, and lives in Maryland. He operates a nonprofit purportedly to assist the impoverished in Haiti. Baptiste was identified as a potential subject for investigation out of an ongoing investigation of corruption in Haiti initiated in 2014. The FBI has been conducting an ongoing investigation for the last three years, and there are likely earlier cases against individuals who are cooperating in the investigation, meaning they probably have flipped some other individuals uh, as part of the investigation. During the investigation, Baptiste solicited bribes from undercover officers. Thereafter, the FBI focused on Baptiste. 
Baptiste was associated with an individual A, the CEO of Company A, which was actively promoting a port development project in Haiti. The FBI introduced, through an unidentified individual, an undercover officer, let's call him UC-1. UC-1 allegedly was interested in investing in Haiti infrastructure projects. On November 13, 2014, Baptiste flew to Boston to meet with the undercover officer. The meeting was recorded, of course, and probably videotaped. Baptiste pitched the undercover officer on investing in the port project. During that conversation, he explained that there was a, a pay-to-play system in Haiti and that they had to pay bribes to key Haitian officials. He explained that he used his nonprofit company as a front to make such payments and to disguise the payments as well. Baptiste referred to the bribes as tips to Haitian officials. He also explained that another common technique was to provide a community project, like a new school, and explained how bribes would be paid. A $100,000 contribution for the school project, the cost of the school was only $80,000, and then the remaining $20,000 would go to the Haitian government official. Aside from using a charitable organization to funnel illegal bribes, Baptiste explained during this recorded meeting that paperwork and accounting would have to conceal transactions and noted that U.S. government scrutiny was a significant risk. Baptiste explained that he, provide, he had provided bribes in the past, mentioning a bribe to get a cellular telecommunications license in Haiti, and a second transaction where he invested in a Haiti power plant. In August 2015, and I'm not, it's not clear why there has been such a long delay between the initial contact in November 2014 and August 2015, the undercover and Baptiste set up a meeting to occur in November 2015 with individual A, who was Baptiste's money guy. On October 7, 2015, the undercover officer sent an email to Baptiste asking questions about the port project. Individual A, the money man, responded to the questions and told the undercover officer that they had assurances that all the necessary permits and licenses would be granted speedily by the Haitian government officials. Two days later, October 9, 2015, the undercover officer asked for copies of the letters from the Haitian government official. Individual A responded with copies of three letters from the Haitian government indicating support for the project. About a month later, on November 12, 2015, there occurred a significant meeting. The undercover officer, along with another undercover officer, we'll call him Undercover Officer 2, uh, who was identified as Undercover Officer 1's boss, met with Baptiste and Individual A and a new individual, Individual B, in Boston again. Baptiste solicited an investment in an $84 million cement factory as part of the port project. Baptiste explained, again, this is a recorded meeting, probably video and audio recorded, that they would need bribes to, to pay Haitian government officials to secure approval of the project, and Baptiste offered again to use his nonprofit to facilitate bribery payments. Interestingly, while driving back to the airport, Baptiste used his cell phone to call a Haitian government official. From this, it's clear that the government had an ongoing wiretap on Baptiste's phone because they were able to record this conversation that occurred on his phone. On November 16, 2015, Baptiste told Undercover Officer 2 he was going to Haiti to get an updated letter of support for the project. Baptiste told Undercover 2 he needed 
Undercover 2 to wire him money to pay the bribes to the Haitian official. He requested a payment of $25,000. Four days later, on November 20th, 2015, Baptiste requested the $25,000 again from the undercover. And he told him, Baptiste told the undercover that all the money would go to the government official. The FBI then wired $25,000 to Baptiste's nonprofit account. This was supposed to be the first payment on a total $50,000 required to complete the bribe. On November 21, 2015, the next day, Individual A called Baptiste and asked him if he got the updated letter from the Haitian government official. Now notice again, this call was picked up as part of the wiretap because you didn't have one of the undercover officers or a government uh, undercover recording the call at that time. Four days later, on November 25, 2015, Baptiste called Individual A and asked him if he should speak to Aid 1 to the government official and suggest that A1 would share in the bribe proceeds. Individual A thought he should do so. Baptiste then called Aid 1 and offered to make him an engineer on the port project if he could get the updated letter from the government official. This, again, was a call monitored through the Title III wiretap on Baptiste's phone. On December 3, 2015, the undercover officer called Baptiste for an update. Baptiste told the undercover officer, this is number two, that, Haitian, that the Haitian official wanted more money. Baptiste told the undercover he had to pay money to other people involved in the letter review process, so he needed more money. He explained that he promised to make the government official an advisor to the project and had to pay some aides to the government official. So Baptiste requested another $25,000. Baptiste then sent uh, the undercover officer a letter receipt from the nonprofit, and uh, in a subsequent conversation, he told the undercover that he had obtained a letter of support from the Haitian government official. Individual A then mailed the letter to the under or emailed the letter to the undercover officer. The undercover officer wired $25,000 more to Baptiste. Interestingly here, the FBI, and this is in December of 2015, reviewed Baptiste's bank account, and what did they discover? Baptiste used the $50,000 in wired funds for personal purposes. In other words, he had swindled the money out of the FBI. Surrounding these events, however, is the fact that he's making phone calls on the Title III wiretap, which indicate that he does have contact with government officials, that he is talking about paying bribes, and that he intended to pay bribes to the government official. On December 29, 2015, a little over two weeks after the bank account information had been reviewed, FBI agents confronted Baptiste, and he agreed to plead guilty and cooperate. Uh, they probably played tapes for him. They probably showed him photographs. He signed a plea agreement and a statement of facts. And as part of the statement of facts, Baptiste agreed he was going to pay the bribery money to the Haitian government official, but just not using the first $50,000 that he had received. No one knows at this point how much he cooperated, what he did, if he had introduced undercovers himself. Uh, no one really has an idea as to how Baptiste cooperated and tried to further the investigation. What we do know is nearly two years later, or let's say 21 months later, he was arrested on August 28, 2017. This was almost, this was a reversal from his cooperation. Now he had indicated through his counsel that he was not going to cooperate and he was not going to plead guilty. 
This is an interesting case, just on its face, which we're going to continue to follow and see what happens with it. But more importantly, I think that there is a large investigation focused on corruption in Haiti involving U.S. companies, involving U.S. officials, as well as Haitian officials. We'll continue to monitor that for you as well. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. I can be reached at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com if you have any questions, or feel free to call me anytime, 240-505-1992. My law firm blog is at www.volkofflaw.com. Please also subscribe to our blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. The Volkoff Law Group provides enforcement defense services for companies and individuals who are under investigation or need representation for a criminal trial. We've represented companies and individuals before, the Justice Department, U.S. Attorney's Offices, and the Securities and Exchange Commission in white-collar matters, including antitrust cases, fraud cases, FCPA cases, False Claims Act cases, and other matters. We invite you to join us for our next episode, Episode 4, Too Big to Fail, Too Big to Jail, the outsourcing of criminal investigations and prosecutions.